This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. We're in the studio with Guy Massey, and this is Story Evermore. Uh, Guy, you're in the studio all the time with your cats. I am, Story. It's uh, wonderful to be here, and I'm always here, actually. Um, this is uh, kind of where I live and work. Uh, you also freelance graphic design. I do. But you did have a career before that uh, in security. Not securities, uh, security, singular. Uh, I worked for an outfit called um, Pinkerton. Was that the Wild West? No, uh, Buckles Brannigan aside, uh, no, it wasn't the Wild West. There was a Pinkerton office uh, in uh, Carbon. It was a town outside of South Fork. Not really mentioned in the stories because it's not a very glamorous town. The uh, railroad right-of-way came through there. Uh, there was not a stop. Uh, the, the office was a little bit off to the side. It was a Pinkerton investigative office. They had a rash of, uh, of hold-ups with the coaches coming through, uh, going all the way down uh, the Rio Grande, the towns through there. Uh, with spurs, uh, spur towns shooting off that. South Fork was a spur town. It, it lobbied to get uh, access and get preference. And uh, they sent a representative, uh, one by the name of Mr. Buckles Brannigan. I think you may know him. I do. And uh, Buckles, uh, his, um, his negotiation skills came in handy. Uh, there was a, uh, a tussle and that they wanted to send someone else uh, there, Mr. McCabe, but he was a corrupt figure and they, uh, he was a power player, probably the, the greatest negotiator that the West has ever seen, but they didn't, they eschewed his presence in, in the major town uh, well, Denver is where it was coming out of, uh, emanating from, uh, and uh, they sent uh, Mr. Brannigan himself in instead. Um, can you explain Pinkerton and how it is its importance in the Wild West or the Old West? Well, the landscape of the Old West was such that uh, there were holdups um, almost, you know, every other month or every month. You'd have um, gangs coming in. Uh, you'd have lone, uh, lone uh, antagonists starting trouble, causing trouble, uh, having people come off, the, get off the stage, holdups, going around with a bag. Uh, he'd go around a bag with a gun in his other hand as, uh, as, the, uh, as the travelers would dig deep in their pockets and pocketbooks. He took whole purses. He grabbed whole pocketbooks and uh, put them over his shoulder or wrote him up his arm. You know, he would have about, he'd have two or three bags there because the coaches uh, were crammed in with people, relatively uncomfortable to travel back then, as you would imagine. Uh, the dusty trails, the combination of the bumpy roads, uh, the horse, the horse manure, uh, 
you know, the the West doesn't really show the the manure aspect of it, the shit, the you know, the oh, oh, I'm picturing it. Well, you know, they don't really show that the bodily functions. Uh, horses were killed. Uh, you know, the old West movies and TV fair don't really reflect that. Uh, you don't really see a horse getting shot before the the gunman. But I think in a lot of cases, the um, especially out in Box Canyon territory, I know in the Pearson run, there was a horse that was shot out from under the rider. The rider was would would just stop in the air as the horse continued on, and then the horse would collapse. Uh, they shot the the neck of the horse, uh, getting getting the jugular going. Uh, pretty ugly scene. Uh, you don't see that in West. Usually, it's the rider shot. Uh, if the rider was dismounted from his horse, you know, let's say, uh, you know, uh, several hands away, you know, let's say twenty feet away, tied up. Uh, the bad hombres would come in and shoot the horse, leaving, uh, you know, sometimes for fun, leaving the, uh, the rider, uh, who was on his way to South Fork or any other town in the West, uh, lacking a, a mode of transportation. Uh, he could be, you know, he could be 20 miles out of town, you know, uh, and he would have to resort to his feet to propel him. Uh, the horse has an innate sense of direction that he would lose that aspect unless he was so talented. Uh, he would stay on the trail, of course. Um, the horse trails would lead him usually to the town. He'd arrive parched, uh, ornery, uh, extremely tired. They'd have to put him up in the old yeller or other hotels depending on what town he went to. Uh, well, South Fork only had one hotel, the Old Yeller. Kind of a wideish building. Um, I think you've, you've heard that on the dramas uh, that's unfold. Uh, there's a, a lot of great descriptions. Uh, Buckles' his favorite room is 3B, part of a suite of room, two, two adjoining rooms, which was one of the first inventions developments in the old west of uh of adjoining suites that concept was brought in by the big city but never really implemented it just for practical reasons in in hotels or hostel hostels uh in the west uh some of the some of this uh well you know you got to remember between towns you got the only mode of sleeping uh the only means of sleeping would be a bedroll by a campfire uh, and, uh, you know, you'd have your, um, your tin of beans and you'd settle in for the evening with the coyotes, uh, about as romantic as you could get, but also about as, uh, vulnerable at the same time. So Pinkerton, getting back to Pinkerton, um, it seems like we've haven't mentioned that name in, in hours, but I know it's only minutes, of course. Yes, um, I, I asked you uh, what what its what its role was. Well, the role of Pinkerton was to investigate, prosecute, uh, bring up to the district officials uh, a charge charges of um, of uh, mostly homicide. 
Homicide departments were just in development then. Ballistics were making a big uh, foray into that whole investigative scene. And they used new methods. Uh, they fingerprinted. That was uh, Fingerprinting was just being... It was the dawn of the fingerprinting era, uh, just out of necessity. Uh, bags and satchels, strong boxes had a lot of evidence on them, and they were able to trace a lot of bad hombres, even in the desert. The desert conditions of South Fork and Pearson areas, uh, you know, the the the, the environs. Uh, down through, you know, of course, Denver was, was where the main point was of the coaches. So what they would do is stake out those coaches, and Pinkerton had officials along the lines as preventive measures. Pinkerton was also one of the first preventive measure institutions, um, although they did have a hankering for investigating and would usually get results. They were a private company, chartered, uh, privately, uh, with the under the auspices of, of course, the marshal. The marshal ruled the roost. The sheriff was usually second in charge, sometimes third because the marshal's assistant, the marshal's deputies were uh, were of course uh, were trumped the sheriff in the territorial aspect of it. So. Pinkerton was a very important organization, and it had offices, like I said, in in these other towns like Carbon. Um, when you went to Carbon, you really didn't see much. Uh, there was a saloon, pretty much used by the officials and some of the residents, a very small population, I think about 25 people. wasn't really much. There was a lifeline from South Fork, emanating from South Fork. And uh, also, uh, I think Granville was right on the water of the Rio Grande. Uh, and that was a very pretty town, actually. It had a beautiful, beautiful vistas. Uh, not, not necessarily hilly, but of the valleys. Uh, separated by kind of semi-arid uh, aspects. And that, of course, was the, to the east of South Fork, North Fork being to the north, um, which goes without saying. And the personalities of Pinkerton, um, John Clark, tell me about him. John Clark um, was, uh, was, a, was a good hombre. He's one of the good guys. Very instrumental in interception of coaches and uh, stages that came through, of course, the area. Uh, he, as far as intercepting, he actually single-handedly brought in three uh, bad players who wanted to, um, they had their sights on a certain coach that was coming in with bonds, uh, about $25,000. Now, back in 1876, I'm going to say 1876 it was the 100th centennial. It was 100th centennial. What would that be? Uh, that would be 10,000 years right now. Uh, the, 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 the centennial, 
of uh, of the uh, uh, the founding or the uh, independence of uh, of the United States, eighteen seventy six. A lot of fanfare, a lot of uh, fireworks. There was a lot of uh, revelry, uh, and one coach came through. I think it was the Melbourne Express, they called it that day, because it had a little bit of British, um, uh, it had money from the British, uh, the Lord's uh, money, which was sizable, $25,000 again, 1876, uh, coming in from Denver, of course, where else would it be? Uh, there were other spur, other not spurs, there were other main starting points. Uh, and uh, actually center points uh, in this case because the money came in and it was heading to South Fork uh, for McCabe's wealth. He was a, he ran two ranches, one a horse ranch, another a cattle ranch, kind of separated to his, South Fork's a good-sized area town. Uh, it's, it's the, the, the area itself, I think, is about 300 I'm going to say 200 square miles. The town itself, you know, is a square mile, if that, uh, very central concentrated area of uh, hotels, whorehouses, whatnot. Uh, Saddlery, you know, there's a, uh, there's a gun shop. But I'm not going to do the whole inventory. There's, you know, several, several shops, several stores. Um, and uh, so that stage, though, the Melbourne Express, uh, in homage to the penal colony of Australia, uh, but coming in for the lords who owned the ranches, who owned the, um, the, uh, the, you know, there was some land grabs there, but that not really involving the, the lords. They kind of were, uh, they were peaceful, peaceful lot, um, but they ran that, they ran the, the uh, they had their they had their lackeys. Well, lackeys would be a negative connotation. They had their assistants come in and uh, watch over the um, I'm going to say the the ranches that they owned and they outright owned, and they had a jurisdiction over and and but they butted heads a lot with. The likes, you know, people like McCabe, who gave him a run for their money. Uh, he wanted to basically run the whole lot. They had about twenty guys working for him, all all cattle rustlers in their spirit, and uh, but they're all kind of fun guys, actually. Um, apparently, they had some real colorful personalities. But the the Pinkerton aspect was they were um, working with uh, working with. Um, I'm going to say in that case, was it Michael Fox or Fix? Is it Michael Fox, F-O-X-X, F-O-X-X? And he was, um, he was a bad guy turned good. He actually had an epiphany one day, found, he, he went to a revival that was coming through South Fork. Most of your characters are going to really be revolved around South Fork in this in this case. 
outside of carbon. He helped, he helped to set up carbon as a, uh, as a Pinkerton town. So if you had any questions about any murder, anything that came place, any shootout that was unjustified, any shooting in the back, uh, even the self-defense, self-defense cases had to come before for a, a deeming or an inquiry. Uh, there was usually inquiries or inquests. They called them inquests back then, uh, to see who, who, what, and where they'd get the whole lowdown. Um, uh, and, uh, there was one that was right in front of the hotel, the old yeller that was pretty, goes down as being one of the most awful shootouts. Uh, I think two, two or three kids were hurt seriously. Uh, it was a teenager that was, uh, one of them was a teenager and she was just, she had gone to a little, there was a little dress shop in town. I don't think it, it, it was, um, was it, it was, of course, right next to the hotel, diagonally across, which was amazing how far the gunpowder fire was. It must have been a forty-five. Uh, it could have been a rifle. I don't think it was, though. I don't think there was any rifles uh, in this, play, in this uh, panoply. Uh, the way it all mapped out was uh, diagonally across was, uh, Mildred's dress shop, which people kind of joked about because they called it Millie's by accident, which was the whorehouse down the street more, which is a hulking building, a four-story f- affair. All, all the prostitutes basically stayed down in the hall, out on the out to the sidewalk, and kind of whistled. They were the ones that whistled at the men uh, going by, so they'd see a young buck. And, you know, they'd, they'd want this guy, uh, to come in and, uh, he would go to the, made a beeline for the saloon with his buddies. And, uh, you know, to be, there'd be a gal, I know there was one gal, Sarah, she was pretty good at spotting them. She could spot them down the trail before they even came in, uh, to the town. So Pinkerton has a colorful history of a lot of, uh, it co-opted a lot of action. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it, it, it kind of ruled the roost. Uh, with Wells Fargo, there was no real official relationship between the two institutions. Wells Fargo was in the, in the, in the business of bank security transfer and, uh, transportation. But everything came out of Denver, and there was the Wells Fargo coach would be the first one to get held up. Guy, you worked for Pinkerton in modern times, and uh, you went to different places in Pawtucket and Central Falls, I know, and Cumberland. You worked at Hunt Chemical. You worked for Hasbro? Yes, a few different places in Hasbro, back when they had a big presence of manufacturing in Rhode Island, Providence area. Pawtucket notably, of course. Pawtucket, Hasbro is a Fortune 500 company today. Uh, in 2020, and it's uh, it's a worldwide company. 
and um, it owns a lot of brands. It owns. It's bought out. It's it's made its money. It's made its wealth through acquisition, especially in the '80s. Big big rush to to buy up big companies. There was a vie to buy Mattel at one time, but that didn't come to be. It's the second largest toy company in the world. I think it owns Nintendo. I think it owns a lot of big entities that uh, you would would uh, that you'd be surprised that it, that it did own. Uh, so it's a conglomerate of toy a toy conglomerate. It's a toy kingdom. It's like the lion on the the uh, the island of misfit toys from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. You know, uh, he 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 watches all the toys, the sad toys that are that are just forlorn and forgotten by kids and. Uh, Stowaways, basically. Very good. I, I'm enjoying this conversation. I enjoyed your whole whole story behind uh, the Wells Fargo and, and the Pinkerton, of course. And um, but Pinkerton, you you were security guard. I was. I I really actually was uh, a security guard. Yes. Uh, it helped me pay through pay uh, paid my. Uh, early aspect of my education, early phase of it at Rhode Island College, where I studied graphic design, liberal arts college. You had to study a lot of subjects before that, before you could foray into your actual thrust. Um, you know, had my partying days. Uh, you know, I had my camera with me a lot because I was into photography. Um, wish I had documented some of my partying aspects. We would have had something to look at today I would have brought some pictures with me uh, you you uh, you were security guard uh, it you brought your books to study for school while you were on duty but you also were not the best secure not the best security guard I didn't mean to interrupt you but not the best security guard just to segue off um, to get right right to the crux of it uh, but I didn't mean to interrupt you earlier uh, but I was not what you would call uh, the uh, model security agent. Uh, I worked at hospitals. There I had a certain reverence, though, uh, a little more serious approach. I used to rifle through, <laughs> maybe get myself in trouble here, you know, 20 years after the fact or so. Uh, well, this was 19... This would have been around 1981, and so we're looking at 91, 01, 11, 21, uh, almost, almost 40 years. So this is 39 years ago. So we're talking a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I needed the job. Uh, it might have been 82. Yes, it was. It was a downturn, a Reagan downturn. It was uh, almost to the, to the minute that my boss... Uh, on news of the downturn, had to do some layoffs at Chevalier's hardware store I worked at in Pawtucket, uh, and he said, "You better, you better find another job if you want to keep your income at a steady level or relatively steady." It never did quite come up to par with what I was making, but if I had worked there steadily, I think he gave me um, half a day. I think he maybe brought me down to a half a day or a third of a day. I know I work the mornings. Um, I'm sorry, I came in on the afternoons. How can I forget? 
all weary from my security guard, I'd be out of my uniform and get back into hardware store kind of closing attire, which was your normal kind of casual attire. Uh, I didn't wear a smock. You know, remember that word, a smock? Remember when clerks used to wear smocks? They should bring the smock back. Um, S-O-M, S-M-O-C-K, the smock would be a real cool uh, apparel to wear. It would be really kind of official. It looked like a bunch of Mr. Whipples in your local Shaw's or your local market basket or stop and shop. Uh, but aside from that, um, you know, I, uh, I, would, I would work half a day, the latter part of the day before closing the store at five o'clock. Uh, my boss would be off to his home in Warwick. I'd go walk a few blocks to my back to my house, where my family home, where I grew up in. I lived there till I was uh, 30. I didn't move out. 30 is the new 18 uh, or 17. I think a lot of kids were out of the house by 17 back in the in the proper days of the 50s and 60s. Well, I would say 60s. Uh, adventuring with the psychedelia world, but not to go off track on that. Um, the, uh, the whole ethos of Pinkerton was you listen to your sergeant, whatever your sergeant told you, if he was in the uh, guard shed at Hasbro, um, some sprawling guard sheds back then. It could accommodate a few. Uh, pretty cozy, actually. He had his coffee, had his two-way radio going on there and keeping in communication with everybody. Uh, we had walkie-talkies. Uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, I worked at American Insulated Wire. I worked at uh, Federated. Well, not Federated. It was just a wire company somewhere. I worked at Hunt Chemical. Now, Hunt Chemical... I would walk the roof and there was some places where there was some carcinogen kind of output, chemicals, you know, uh, in chemicals for industry. And uh, they were one of the largest manufacturers. So these big vats, these big uh, safe rooms on top of the roofs, cinder block walled kind of, a, kind of deals uh, where I'd have to punch my clock. Back then you had stations. You had your stations on your whole tour of your stations. You could have up to, oh, you could have 20. You could have 20 easily places that you had to punch your clock in to show, to confirm that's, you know, that you did go there and you were there and at least were there. You may not have been aware of what was going on. No real immediate danger outside of rats, you know, in the factories. I know in the wire company we worked at, I'd go up and see a great sunrise and latter sunrise phase of uh, of the skies in the early morning and it makes me want to wax poetry because it was a very poetic kind of view you know uh, and it's and it's kind of um, industry longing um, longing for the activity of the city that was to come and I am getting poetic but uh, at least in my realm um, you can watch, you can listen to, to past podcasts on poetry and meditations. It's a great show. I love that show. If I can chime in, guy, you're really interesting. And I just could have you talk without me getting involved at all. Uh, you could just go on to any subject you want. I don't even need to be here. 
No, you do need to be here. Story, you're wonderful. Um, I'm glad you're a native of Pawtucket, and you, you are proud of your city. I am. I work, work in New York, but I love, I love to come to Pawtucket, and I'm glad to be in the studio. I haven't been on Talk Me Some Art and other stories in, in, in ages, it seems, but it's all great. Well, my my the, my main story that I want to get to is when I worked at Hasbro Distribution Center. Uh, you know, where all the tractor trailers backed up. The, the, the building was about a mile wide. Uh, not literally, but it seemed to be. Uh, had about 20 or so uh, different stalls where the trucks would back in and pack up your light brights, uh, your My Little Ponies, your little... Your uh, little tykes, uh, well, they didn't own that that brand, I don't think, back then. Uh, or do they now? I'm not sure. Anyway, they, you know, uh, uh, Spirograph, let's just say. All those toys were stacked a mile high, so I'd have friends come over while I was there on duty in the wee hours of the morning, uh, my shift was, I believe, I'm going to say 8 o'clock to 4 a.m. I'm going to say it was that. It could have been 9 to 5 a.m. now. I think it was 8 to 4, if, if memory serves me correct. And I'd get bored. You know, I'd do my studying. Um, I wouldn't bring any of my art. I wasn't really, I had not yet started art, the art program. At Rick, outside of some uh, re- requisite courses in, in the liberal arts realm, I um, I did not bring any any kind of drawing outside of what I would have been doing anyway at that time. Um, did I have my i? I didn't have an iPod, but I I might have had a Walkman. Not yet. I had not yet purchased my first Walkman. I didn't really have any music. I'd sit in the office where, you know, I'd read stories of yellow transportation. All the different transportation companies would leave their, there'd be letters of correspondence. I'd rifle through those drawers, just like I did with the doctor's offices and the chemical. Uh, I went at Hunt Chemical, I would go into the science uh, laboratories and I wouldn't play with the chemicals. I knew better, but I would just check everything out. It was like eye candy, the Bunsen burners the desks I can picture it now with uh, faucets and valves and wires and tubing and test tubes and whatnot it's being supplanted by the the, pet, the petri dishes in, in the doctor's offices well not really those were offices that had you know you went through the desk drawer nosily not really with any malicious intent obviously no theft involved but you were bored. You were just bored out of your gourd. I like to use that expression. And you would um, basically look at uh, pharmaceutical companies' pitches. They always left cool little uh, trinkets for desktops and paperweights and pens. All those different kinds of, uh, you know, third-party approach. Uh, you know, give us your business for this drug and this drug. I used to... I uh, kind of admire the logos of some of these uh, drug companies. It might have been my first foray into logo design. Uh, but uh, the chemical company was great. But with Hasbro, my main story, getting back on track, I'd be bored. 
you know, I would be done my books and stuff of what I needed to do. Uh, there were no security cameras back then, okay, so there's no no way of knowing the whereabouts of the guard. I had to call in. Uh, my sergeant would call me at surprise calls sporadically throughout the day, but he left me autonomous. He would move me around. That's, I, I was probably the most uh, intrepid, let's just say, of the of the um, of the security guards, uh, low rank security guards, entry level. Uh, I, already, I put about a year and a half in uh, doing this, by the way. Uh, but um, I would, he would not really bother bother me. He would just lay off me. He knew I was a special case, you know. He put me in different installations. You know, I worked anything from hospitals to chemical companies to, to like we're talking about now, the toy company. One was a metal metallurgy, well, a metal, uh, uh, a, a plating, a plating company in Attleboro, Massachusetts, uh, Handy and Hardy uh, company. I don't know if they're still around. But Hasbro, I would get on the forklift. Oh, yeah, I did everything. You would actually get on a forklift and what, sit there? No, I ran. It was a propane deal. It was fun to tool around in. Had incredible acceleration. Very dangerous. You liked a little bit of element of danger there. I definitely had a little element of danger. I let my friends in. We'd just uh, shoot the shit, you know, and then they'd, they'd get bored, see what, see what they were, you know. The warehouse was huge, okay? We're talking about, oh, I don't know, several hundred feet by several hundred feet. Could be a thousand feet by a thousand feet, lining up right with the railroad tracks for easy shipping. Um, and uh, the place was as dark as a dungeon and uh, all one level, just huge, sprawling. Um, there were little areas, a whole area where there were Toys for Tots, which was a program, I believe they still have it, Hasbro, for underprivileged children at Christmas time. They would corral all the toys into one area, very, very, very altruistic kind of thing that you don't see a lot of today. Well, you do. I think I'm not going to, you know, today's times are just as generous as any, any time, maybe even more. Uh, but um, it seems when need is needed, it, it comes through. And this was the Toys for Tots. It was to the left. Uh, if you look at the building, the left corner there, uh, you know, maybe about, a, 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 you know, a, a hundred or so feet by a hundred corralled in of toys, My Little Pony, girls' toys and boys' toys, not bikes, no bikes, but um, plastic ride cars. Um, and, you know, it could have been the factory rejects, but I doubt it. I think they were just taken from the inventory in the warehouse, corralled into one area, and trucks would come and pick it up and distribute accordingly to church groups, through via church groups, and maybe the Salvation Army, I'm not sure. The Salvation Army, of course, was a separate entity. But, uh, so I would tool around in the forklift all over every corner of that place, and I would lift boxes just for fun of it. Very dangerous when I think about it. If those boxes had ever toppled on me, I would have broken my neck. Um, but I didn't really care, and I would pick up 
Uh, it was like a skyscraper of stacked boxes, one of them. Uh, a few times I did it. Um, I, then I got very nervous and got butterflies in my stomach and kind of curtailed that activity for a while. I laid low. I'd have times where I would kind of like peak with, with risky behavior. Um, and then I would kind of like ebb. I'd, you know, smoke cigarettes willy-nilly. Then, I, you know, everybody smoked. But uh, even security guards, of course, some of the heaviest smokers. But um, just out of boredom. You know, when you're bored, you, you need you need some need some tactile and, you know, hand-to-mouth kind of activity, I guess, to just keep it, keep you from going nuts. There's only, only so much reading material you could read, and you just you sigh. At one point, you just go, oh, uh, when is this shift going to end, you know? Can I get back home? Uh, I was longing to work at the hardware store just to have some contact with people. It's the most lonesome existence, uh, you know. It works with you at, at some point. You know, at one point with the old, you know, I had a friend, Paul, that worked with me. We were a duo, a duo team of security at the wire company. And we'd bring, I'd bring in um, a radio and we listened, or the radio was thin. We'd overlook the train tracks on a back shack. That's where the rats were. The rats were in this place, the wire company, old, old mill building, vestige from, from the heyday. And uh, we'd overlook the rail yard coming in to uh, pack all the big spools of wire. Uh, There's a big yard where all the empty spools were. And, uh, you know, spent spools that were just pushed aside. Uh, another corralled area at this company uh, for the, the wire that was on the line that would go on to the manufacturing line. Uh, it was a cool sight to see the wire uh, tightly taut going right down the whole mill, the whole length of the mill, uh, getting its coating put on, getting stranded. You know, these were, these were wire strand companies or stranded wire companies. They weren't stranded on a desert island. They were stranded as in stranded, twisted, twisted, uh, twisted wire. Uh, I want to do a poetry on that, the poetry of the factory. That's going to be an upcoming show. I can tell you that right now. Guy, this was wonderful. The fork truck, the the whole uh, the whole rifling through drawers, uh, the sh- the moving from from uh, from facility to facility because the sergeant had to put you somewhere. You'd get in trouble for not punching your clock. Well, that was one last thing I can say before we end this uh, is is that I did not punch my clock. And I, it's amazing how long I was able to stay at these places without even, uh, without even doing my rounds. You know, you've got to do your rounds as a security guard. That's the number one rule. And I would, uh, I would punch a couple of clocks. I'd get lazy, and go back to my seat or whatever, and uh, just sit around, mope around. At the time, you know, that's the worst enemy. When you just mope around, you're really asking for it. The time is, the clock's gonna stop on you. And uh, there were clocks all over the place, and you know, I just, I, I was just so thirsty to get out of there. Guy, thanks again so much. 
for being on Talk Me Some Art and other stories. This is Story Evermore. I forgot to mention my name earlier. Maybe I did mention it. And it was great to talk with you about Pinkerton then and now. Thanks, Story. It's a pleasure. This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. Hi, I'm Buckles Brain again, and I want to tell you about a great, great product for leather care. It's called Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap and Leather Conditioner. And you know, it's really the best product out there for your leather goods. Your shoes, your handbags, your coats, and of course your saddles. I like it and I use it and my name is on it. That's how much I like it. So you want to go and use this product. It's easy to apply. It's all natural. It's got silicone. It's got great product that is added to it to make it just better and overall easier to use. And the results, the results are stellar. So you want to try this. Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap and Leather Conditioner. Just go to BucklesBrannigan.com for more information.